Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your friend and host, Mayor Kay. And today, we have a special, special guest with us. But before we jump into that, I want to say thank you for tuning in. If it's your first time, be sure to subscribe. It goes a long way. If you like the podcast, share it with your friends and family. Leave a comment, rate it. It helps us move forward in the podcast ratings and helps more and more people to tune in and to know about the Great Day Podcast. And if you've been here before, thank you for coming back. Your support means a lot to me. So thank you. Thank you. And I want to give a big shout out to PrimeNosh.com, today's sponsor, PrimeNosh.com. PrimeNosh is a USDA meat processing facility that delivers straight to your door. They got fresh frozen meat, chicken. They have their own dips and salads. It's wonderful, delicious food. I've tried it myself. A-OK. Pre-marinated items ready to go. It's all kosher, of course. Their packaging is on point, beautifully done. Order it today, and you'll have it by your door tomorrow, nationwide. How crazy is that? PrimeNosh.com. Check them out. Thank you so much for your support. And SayMazelTub.com. You got a simcha, birthday, a bar bat mitzvah coming up, or you just want to share words of inspiration with a friend or family member, all the while supporting a charity? Well, SayMazelTub.com is a place where you can go book your favorite Jewish creator to record a personalized video message for your loved ones. And a percentage of every booking goes to a tzedakah of the month. How cool is that? So check out SayMazelTub.com today and use promo code MayorK10 to get 10% off your next personalized SayMazelTub video. That is a special way to celebrate a simcha, a bar mitzvah, a wedding. Even if you just want to tell your kids, like, hey, you know, get your, get your homework done. <laughs> or you want to reach out to a friend and you know that you love a special Jewish creator, you could do that all the while by supporting a charity. SayMazelTub.com. All right, all right, all right. So right now we have a legend with us. Avram Freed is on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, kids, kids at heart. How cool is that? He's been inspiring audiences around the world with his unique blend of Hasidic contemporary music for over 35 years. That is more time than I've been on this planet. And he's released more than 25 albums. A legend. We talk about his life story, music career, who inspires him. And of course, there's quite a bit of wisdom and Devar Torah sprinkled in as well. This is one incredible podcast episode that I am psyched to share with you. Enjoy. The king of Jewish music is with us here today on the Great Day Podcast. Avram Freed. Wow, you made a you made a look, you made a face when I said that. What what came up for you? Well, that's a lot of pressure, you know, to be introduced like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's come on. But I'm humble. humble. I'm humble by your kind words, Mayor. Thank you. My pleasure. I mean, it's not the first time you heard such a title. Come on. I mean, this is 30, 30 years plus going. You know, if I may, if I may unload a little bit, you know, I think some words have have uh, snuck into our vernacular that uh, what wasn't used years ago. If we talk about the great uh, Bensi and Schenker, for instance, Oliver Sholem, or uh, even Reb Shleima, yeah? Uh, my, one of my favorites, David Werdiger, Mordechai's father. Um, you know, the, the greats of a generation ago, never called them king. I don't think so. We refer to them as the great Baltfila, the great Balmenagen, uh, you know, and like that. And I think like superstar and king, We've, we've stolen these words. I'd like to be called, if I may suggest, an inspirer. How do you like that? I love that. I love that. How about the word, how about in, the word influencer? Do you connect with that at all? Influence? I like inspire. I mean, that's what I really, that's what every singer should, should aspire to do. Aspire to inspire. Mm. And um, I think that's been the secret since No Jew Will Be Left Behind some 40 years ago. Wow. When I got this... Uh, this dream to, you know, to come out with music and sing songs and go on stage, which was like um, totally against my, anything I ever thought of or dreamed of. But um, I think the key is to inspire, especially nowadays. So anyhow, where that's were a, we? That's a really great, well, I would love to unpack that and get to that place of the dream. But before we do, I know you've, you mentioned this in one or two different interviews where you, you distinct between entertaining you don't want to be an entertainer you want to inspire people 
could you explain when did that sort of land for you? When did you realize like there's a distinction between just being getting on stage, making people smile, making people laugh, which is tremendous in our in, in Jewish for tradition. sure, for sure. So why I think why, for, I think from day I think from day one because I don't really consider myself a great entertainer. Uh, there are much better talents out there than I, uh, better voices. Um, you know, God has given out talent to different people and he's given some more than to others, you know, and he gave me my dose of talent, but there's more talent out there in what I do. And uh, so entertaining to me is like, um, I don't think I can, I can really fit that bill of an entertainer, you know, inspire. Now that I can, I can at least understand what that means, you know, and, and have a little foothold in that uh, particular um, venue. So I think inspiring is from day one, that's been my, uh, my goal. That's been, you know, stay in the box, inspire. And I get so many songs, so many uh, demos, people send me this song and that song. They don't say nothing. The song, the song really, it, you know, doesn't go anywhere. What's the mess? What's the point? What's the message? Is it going to give anybody any chizuk? Is it going to uplift anybody, make you stronger, happier? Most songs just don't cut that. And therefore, I just, you know, many songs for me are very easy to say no to because Maze Omer, what is the song saying? You know, it's not saying anything. So, so when actually, that's been my, go ahead. When, when you go through a process, how do you vet for, so what are those few things that you look out for when choosing a, a song that you want to produce? Well, truthfully, the first thing is the message, the lyric. What is the lyric? What's, what's the message? Then, of course, you hope that there's a good lyric, you got a good melody to go along with it, then you're good to go. You know, but it's easier said than done. You know, if everybody could just knock out great hits and everybody would be uh, singing for a living, you know, it's um, not so easy to get that combination of the right lyric and uh, a good melody to go along with it, catchy, singable, you know, all these very basic elements, but not so easy to put together like, like you're... You know, to make a cake, you know exactly what you need to make a cake. You know, you put it in and you give a fetch and it, you get a cake. Mm. With, um, with song, it's not so simple. Not so simple. And that's been the challenge all these years. Keep finding that, you know, the, the hit songs. So when you take me back to that moment where you're, you have this dream, you're a young kid and you're growing up. And it's so interesting because you're, you're the youngest of six, I believe, six siblings. And all your siblings... Eight. 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 I apologize. Eight <laughs> siblings. Eight day, eight day. And yep. you're, I believe, the only one, quote unquote, who isn't on traditional shluchas. All your siblings are out and about around the world. And you're the youngest. What was that like for you to approach in perhaps your parents or yourself? Was there some internal battle that took place when you're like, this is the way of life. This is the community I've been growing up in. Yet my heart, my dream is pulling me in a different direction. It was. Well, I was clearly thinking, you know, after yeshiva, shlichus, you know, and uh, first of all, it all started with Eli Lipsker. Do you remember Eli Lipsker? Eli Lipsker. Yeah, Eli Lipsker, all of shalom, passed away a few years ago, was the name in Jewish music for weddings and for simchus in Kran Heights and out of Kran Heights, for chasinus, for bar mitzvahs. He was the man. He played accordion, played keyboard. Um, and uh, we played at my wedding many years before that when I was eight, nine years old in yeshiva he decided to um, put together a choir a boys choir and an adult choir and some shluchim across the states invited him and us to come sing in what they called uh, I think it was called an evening with Chabad um, mostly non-religious audiences. You're talking Minnesota, Detroit, Miami. Uh, where else were we? And uh, there was a, the MC was Rabbi Kagan, all of from Michigan, who put out the thought of the week. He would speak about the upcoming song. He would explain it because the crowd had no idea what we're talking about. And it was very, very special. It was very beautiful. People got a treat to hear what Hasidic music really sounds like. And uh, God, in his infinite wisdom, blessed me with a very, very beautiful, strong voice when I was a kid. Matter of fact, there are recordings of me when I was a kid. Um, 
And uh, I was one of his star soloists. Matter of fact, I, I recall now, one night in Minnesota, I think in 1971, um, I did the solo of the Cain Bacoides, belted it out, got a nice ovation after that. And afterwards, I was told a, a fellow wants to meet me. And a fellow in a wheelchair was wheeled up to me. He takes my hand and he says, uh, young man, if God would only give me back my eyesight for a moment to see your face, I would be very, very happy. Wow. Uh, that was his reaction to a song that he probably didn't understand what I was saying or, you know, but a kid singing with feeling and inspiring. Then I realized, wow, singing does have, uh, it's more than just singing. It, it, it touches the soul. It does something to the listener, you know? So we did a few concerts and then I did a few recordings for him on his albums with his own compositions. At the age of 13, when my voice changed, okay, that's it. I forgot about it totally, gave it up. And that was that. At the age of 20, this thought entered my mind that perhaps I should try to go back into singing because every Shabbos or if I bring in with the Rebbe, I would hear such great messages, so much positivity, so much hope, so much, you know, back then, you're talking about 1979, 80, a lot of Jewish music was still about the Holocaust and the pain and the tears and the suffering. It was so depressing. It was so much, you know. And the Rebbe is saying, Because it won't be a Gaula Shleim if one Jew is left behind. And I said, no Jew will be left behind. That's a good line for a song. And here we are 40 years later, man. Wow. Wow. So by, by, by those few words from the Rebbe, you got inspired to, so you're 20 years old. You, 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 you've touched, you've tasted what the power of music and how that can connect with people. But Take me a bit more deeper into the into actually following through because there's a dream, there's something that. But it's at that time, how many people were going solo? How many like wedding singers were there? It was it was I think very fresh and very new. So to go about and have that conversation with my your, perhaps your parents or to think to yourself with your mashpia, like is this something that a chassid does? Is this what we go go out on stage? We're gonna sing songs. How, from from being inspired to follow through with that inspiration, which I think many of us could like you know falter. What carried you through to that, to that place of action? To like, yes, I'm going to do this. You know what? Truthfully, I don't know what gave me the koyak to do it because it, it was a big, bold move at the time. Back in the day, only Mordechai ben David was, you know, preceded me. And uh, by the way, my name is Friedman. That's why I changed it to Fried. I was a little bit embarrassed. I was still a Bachri in Yeshiva. And I wasn't sure how it's going to go over, you know. Shiduchim uh, coming up, you know, you know, you know the struggle. And being a singer wasn't that that popular, but somehow I think Hashem put it for me on a on a silver platter. Um, I don't know what gave me the the the, the push to go over that that uh, question mark and and go ahead with it. A fellow named Shia Mendelowitz came along. He heard me sing something. I think I sent him a demo. I sent out some demos actually to a few people. They all said, don't call us, we'll call you. But uh, We know what that means. But she did hear something in the demos that I sent him. And he said, you know what? I'm willing to produce your first album for you. Wow. That was no Jew will be left behind. He said, I'll invest everything. Uh, we'll find the right material. He brought me to Yossi Green, who wrote... I mean, without Yossi Green, I, I would just be another singer. Uh, no question that my greatest hits are his songs. And uh, we worked together for 10 solid years, she and I, and brought Jewish music, some great material that I'm very proud of till today. And then I realized, you know what? I think I can do it. I think she has given me enough training. I can do this on my own. And uh, that's exactly what happened. Wow. And um, so that, that was the... Uh, that was the reason for the name change. Because, by the way, after one of the songs that I recorded in the studio, I played it to my Havrusi in Yeshiva. I said, what do you think about this guy? And uh, <laughs> not bad. For six months, the guy didn't know that it was, he didn't know it was me. It's yeah. I, I, I was embarrassed. I was, I was quite um, uncertain. Can I tell you? It was, 
that's that's was a, a bold, real was a bold really, move. It was a bold move, and it's so so appreciative to hear that. For I think the creative mind could be so self sabotaged and put so much doubt within ourselves. You know, who to think that you know you yourself had that kind of like question about like what do you mean I'm free? Such a beautiful voice, but anybody perhaps listening who could connect with that doubt, it's it's natural and normal. Don't let that stop you, but to go ahead and 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 perhaps pursue that. Yeah, my father Oliver Shalom was a little bit hesitant. My mom was my biggest fan and uh, I hope I made them proud. Absolutely. When did you have any mentorship? I know Shia was, was one of David a, a friend or, or someone that you were able to reach out to? Was he accessible to say, Hey, this is something I want to get into. Any advice? Not, not really. Not really. He wasn't uh, was someone I admired, someone I looked up to. Of course he was my, uh, you know, my, my reason really for getting into singing because he just, he blew me away. He just captured me. Yeah. And, um, but I wasn't yet with him on that, you know, he was like, you know, up there and I'm like a little kid on the block, you know, so, so but um, we, we, we become close over the years, developed a very, very nice friendship together, Baruch Hashem. And um, I was really, really on my own, I must tell you. Really, yeah, my, all the training that I got was from our Shabbos table, with my family singing, you know, the Shabbos mirrors. Um, basically, it was from the bench of the yeshiva to the stool in the studio. I was really at the jump. There was no training. There was no lessons. There was no, I was just a kid off the block, you know, being taken from a, from a zal, from a, from a yeshiva room, a yeshiva setting into a studio, sing. Okay. And I learned on the job pretty much. Wow. So when did you decide to start investing in yourself, to start change, change, you know, from transforming yourself from a Zalbacher, someone who's just in yeshiva, to saying, you know what, this is something I'm going to do. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, start vocal training, start putting it in. When did that, when did that confidence settle in? Yeah, so it's funny that um, the first two albums, till today, I have a hard time listening to. Just, I just sound so young and so, so fresh and so... Um, untrained, if you will. Um, but people loved it. I think that's really the, the blessing here. People said, hey, this guy's got something. And I said, whoa, I'm happy to hear that, you know? So happy to hear that. Uh, I had some good material. Yes, I did have some good material. And of course, the messages were very positive. I think that's what people connected to. Mm-hmm. But at the third CD, either a friend of mine or someone said to me, you know what, look into voice lessons. I said, what do you mean? I said, this is my voice. Like, what are they going to change, you know? This is who I am, and that's it. That's my voice. No, no, no. Go for voice lessons. And I met a wonderful uh, voice trainer in Borough Park, uh, Mr. Einhorn. Mr. Einhorn. And, um, He's a legend. Huh? He's a legend. Yeah, many people go yes. to Yes, yes, yes. And he, took, he took my little voice and uh, gave it some body. He gave it some range. He gave it some focus. And uh, you can tell now listening to the albums, you, 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 can, you can hear the training with each, with each album. And, uh, of course, by the time Chazak came around, my voice really sounded, I mean, Chazak. big and full and Chazak. And that's why I love doing the Chazonis. I could even fake, you know, being sound like a Chazan. I had that volume and that depth and that focus and that projection. And... Um, Today, young guys ask me, you think voice lessons are important? Absolutely, it's important. Because I thought, a voice is a voice. What can you do with a voice, you know? If it's, if it's like this, you can't make it like this. No. It's amazing how Hashem made the voice that um, with proper training, amazing things can happen. Amazing things. Just like a person's body, you know? Yeah. This is what I got now. But if I go to the gym, you know, I could be a, a bodybuilder, you know? Right. So, um Definitely voice lesson truly helped and I don't, don't regret that at all. And to this day, training is important because as you get older, you have to be more protective of the voice. It's a muscle. You got to be careful. So I'm still trying to, you know, wow. take care of my vocal cords. What kind of training? I mean, the rumors have it that you, you drink raw eggs before you go onto stage. I mean, are there... Are, are <laughs> oh, really? You, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I heard years ago. What, what, I mean, just curious to know on a technical aspect, what kind of training are we talking about? Is it mama ma's? Hey, hey, hey. Well, for sure. That, that's basic vocal training is scales, you know, exercises. Yeah. Um, how to keep the voice healthy when you're not training or um, 
it happens many times. You have a performance, you got to go on, and, uh, you know, the voice is not 100% there, or if you have a cold, God forbid. Um, thank God I haven't canceled. Maybe on, a, on one hand, I can count shows that I needed to cancel because I was just that bad off. I was just that sick. Couldn't project the voice. Wow. But most of the time, with a cold, with the right tricks, you can get around the cold. Um, if you want a little lesson yourself, it depends what the cold is. Is it a head cold or a chest cold? Uh-huh. If it's a head cold up here, you're, you know, you're running nose a little bit and sniffle. You can get away with it. Your voice won't sound totally clean, but you should be able to get away with it. If it's a chest cold, meaning your voice is, your voice box is closed, then stay in bed. Just drink a lot of uh, tea with honey and uh, lemon and keep, uh, keep the voice lubricated and say a lot of tillin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you're, you're coming up, you're, you're, you're creating, con- you're creating uh, records and people are enjoying your, your, you know, what you're sharing, your gift to the world. What kind of challenges did you come up against becoming Avram Freed? Just staying relevant, just staying with the program and trying to find the right material that will keep people listening. And um, that's, that's not an easy task. We're talking some 40 plus years now, Baruch Hashem, but who's counting? And uh, I'm still recording a new album now. I'm in the middle. I'm, 99% there. I need one more good song where if you know a good song, let me know. All right. One good hit with the right message, you know, and um, the listeners are hearing now, so they'll put it out there. It's out there. So uh, we'll look towards you. <laughs> that's, but that's, yeah. that's, that's always, that's a tremendous feat that you've done. You've, you've been relevant through all these years, all these decades. Avon Free still around. It's not a has-been. You're still doing concerts. You're still, you know, performing and, what do you think that magic is to have, like, what kind of ear does one have to have? Well, how do you stay plugged in to what is trending, to what's going on in this world? You know, we, we, um, we say in davening every day, We ask for chen. We ask for chesed. We ask for bracha. But one of the things that people don't pay, pay too much attention is we ask for chen. Now, chen means... You know, to be loved, to be accepted, to find favor in people's eyes. And I pay attention to that. It's a very important bracha. And uh, especially if you're in the singing business with a lot of competition, you need special chen. And um, I think that's first and foremost, you know, Hashem's kindness to me, that um, people find a certain chen in my music. And then it's the hard work of, like I said, finding the right material. Um, for instance, my, my basic, most favorite topic is Mashiach, right? I'm running out of material. How many more angles can I sing about Mashiach that haven't been sung yet, you know? So thank God I had, last time was Bring the House Down. Brilliant, you know, at the end of davening, one, uh, finishing Shimon Esrei, I said, when I said that, basically means Bring the House Down. And then the song came out with, I sat down with Ditsi Waldner, and we came up with this big song. But I'm running out of ideas. You know, another angle of Mashiach, another chap of Mashiach. But um, I've come to realize and believe that with each passing day of Golas, he keeps sending down new little lights and new little openings, new little cracks um, to keep us singing and to keep us happy. And otherwise we'd be in big trouble because if with the darkness, we also would be totally in the dark when it comes to uh, singing and music. And today's, we have great speakers who, who are inspiring us. He, he, you know, closes one door, but opens up and sends down light through another. So I'm always looking, I'm in the car, I'm on an airplane, I'm driving, I'm coming, I see a poster. Oh, maybe that's a good line for a song. Always looking, always my eyes open. Maybe a good line, a good inspiration, you know? That's, oh, that's By the way, don't, don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, Mayor, don't tell anybody. But, um, a couple of years ago, I came across a little advertisement that said, dash, 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 keep climbing. And guess what? That's why I wrote the song, keep climbing. Wow. Don't, but don't tell anybody. Oh, um, be a little secret. That's it. our secret. It's our secret. No one's listening. So um, always looking for a line, inspiration. And, you know, you're, you're in this field, you know. Totally. Um, always trying to find ways to 
you're a sponge. You're always open and always willing to just receiving and connecting dots and seeing what could fit into this and writing down a lyric. Are you the, are you the type to have a little notepad near your bed and you wake up in the middle of the night to like jot something down? I have on my phone so many little, little, you know, uh, a line for a song here, a thought for a song, you know, a little idea. I have plenty of stuff on my phone, just two words, three words. And uh, actually, um, I did an Israeli album a couple of years ago called Kamatov Shenif Gashna. And then after I left Katan, which was such a big, big hit, Baruch Hashem, composed by uh, Yishai Lapidot, I've been receiving so many requests. Do a full Israeli album. Come on, you do a song here, a song there. Do a, you know, do the whole thing. So I'm looking for, so I got some great material, but I was looking for one or two more songs to finish up the album. And I remembered, I have something on my phone that I wrote, I would say five, six years ago, on a trip back from Eretz Yisrael on the airplane. I had a very successful tour there. And on the plane, I'm, I'm saying to Hashem, oh, dear God, how can I thank you? I, have just, I just saw you bench me with Hatzlacha night after night in Israel. If I could, I'd love to give you a hug. Wow. But how can I, little me, give you, the creator of the world, a hug? But you know what? With every note that I sing, that's my hug back to you. I wrote it down in Hebrew. And I said to this guy who gave me a few songs on the album, I said, you know what? Let me send it to you. See what you think. Within a half hour, he called me back. He sang me the song. And that song is called Anishar. I sing one of the songs on the Israeli album. So you never know. I got lyrics singing. You never know when it's going to see the light of day. By the way, also in that same vein, um, after a different tour here in America, I was on the, again, I'm on the airplane, I'm thinking to myself, you know, without the audience, where would I be? Thank God, packed in audiences that came to pay to hear me sing. Wonderful audiences. And I said, you know what? It was so nice to see you again. What an honor to sing for you. And I started jotting down some lyrics. And Mr. Hashem, stay tuned on the next album. There'll be a song called, It's So Nice to Be With You Again. Awesome. Especially now after this long pause. I haven't seen an audience so many months. But uh, a song basically thanking the audience that, for being there, and, and how better to connect than through a melody, than through a nigun. So mm. it's so nice to be with you again. That's beautiful. I, I can't wait to listen to it and, and hear it uh, when you do release it. It's so, I mean, the word retire does not seem to be in your vocabulary. I mean, all these years, you're, you're talking with such passion and vigor that you're, you're, you're keeping on. You would think at this time, you know, let me leave out with a bang. I have a strong reputation and name. My job here is done. There's so many new young talent rising, the competition. What's, what's keeping you going? What, is, is, there, is there some sort of retirement in the near future? How do you process that? Um, on a daily basis, there's certain, a certain passage in davening when I say it. I look up to heaven and I say, you know what, Hashem? Let's be partners. Let's make Eden happy. Give me the koyach to make Eden happy. <clears throat> And that's, that's what I pray for. I pray that he gives me the koyach to continue. This is a great humbling, humbling shlichus to make Eden happy. The other day I was sitting in a, in a car bar park waiting for my wife to come out of the store. A guy walks by, he says, roll down the window. Roll down the window, he says, Ayid, that's misameyach Eden, I want to ask you for your bracha. Mm. It was very humbling. And I gave him a brichas koyach and I gave him a bracha. But just that, that, that concept of you're a yid who will make yidin happy, I'm asking you for a bracha. That's very humbling. It's very humbling. So I, I, would, I would be honored to continue to have this chus to make yidin happy and inspire them. And uh, till Mashiach comes, the work's got to go on. Then we'll talk about what we'll sing. Someone told me, Mayor, he says, yeah, you're singing about Mashiach. When Mashiach comes, we'll be out of business. All your song is about Golos. What are you going to sing about when Mashiach comes? <laughs> Besides don't worry about it. Yeah, be don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll, I'll think about the carbonus that I, uh, you know, in the Beis Hamikdash, as a koyim. My, my job in the Beis Hamikdash. I'll think about that. That's but it. Um, it does come across know, quite obviously with your with your demeanor, how how humble and, and you are with someone in your position. It could get to one's head. I I'm curious to know, like how how you know you're you're a human being, you know, and these things. 
could, you know, could, could trick us. How do you stay so grounded in reality and, and still show, come off and, and be this personality to the world? I think that was a blessing for my parents. They were just, in a way, very humble, um, not looking for any, you know, spotlight or just did things quietly and beautifully and respectfully and humbly. And I think they gave that to the whole family. That's, so, that's just in our DNA. Um, I would hate to think that if it would go to my head where I'd be, I think that would be um, a very difficult situation. So I, I prefer, you know what? I feel like I uh, always tell myself, you know, it is what it is. You are who you are. There's better out there. And uh, just be thankful for what you are and what gifts you have. And that's it. Make the best of it. Massive. I mean, I know you, I mean, you're, you're, you're a Chabad, you're a Chabad Chassid. Um, I, I heard that the, the Rebbe, the Lavish Rebbe himself gave you a bracha around, around um, going on to sing. Is that true? And can you elaborate more about that? Let me, let, me, let me clarify that. Please. In 1980, I think it was 80, when I was bringing out my first CD or record back then, No Jew, I wrote to the Rebbe that um, in a short time, this new record will come out. This is the title. These are some of the songs on it. These are the messages. And I asked for a bracha. The Rebbe answered which is really one of the very, very few instructions that the Rebbe gave me through all the years. And the Rebbe said, it's important, or I suggest to you, that you write on it, do not play on Shabbos and Yom Tif. Wow, interesting. That was the Rebbe's instruction to me. And um, I did so on the back of the cover. After it came out and I brought it into Rabbi Rabbi Klein, all of us shall to give into the Rebbe. He called me back and he said, you gotta, the Rebbe says, how come it doesn't say not to play on Shabbos and Yom Tif? And the Rebbe went as far as to say, here's another suggestion. Put on a sticker now and write, not to, like on the cover, put a sticker on it and write not to, that's how, much, that's how important it was to him. I ran down to the office. I said, Rebbe Yom, look, it does say in the back, I guess there were small letters. The Rebbe didn't see it. But then I realized it wasn't only on the cover. He wanted it on the album itself. And then when the CDs, the, the cassettes came out, remember the cassettes? Totally. When the cassettes came out, he wanted it on the cassette, not only on the cover. So I, I learned my lesson. And um, since that day, on the cover, on the thing itself, wherever I can, you see it in bold letters, please do not play on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Yeah, and yeah. And we see that also in other, other content as well. I wonder, was that the first time that that was done? Because now in other Jewish um, DVDs and music, you'll see that. Yeah, the- everyone, everyone's doing it now. Yeah. But I think Nechayach I think, I think started doing that on the Chabad albums. Um, the truth is, till this day, it's hard to understand what kind of an instruction. Because usually my audience, he would say, my audience is not playing music on Shabbos and Yom Tov. On the other hand, you could say, the Rebbe was looking way, way ahead and saw that with his bracha and, and, and Hashem's bracha, uh, it'll be a long, a long run, Baruch Hashem, and the audience will change. Um, so he, he saw then that there'll be an audience that needs to be told, do not play this on Shabbos. And there are some interesting stories of people who've written to me and told me that when they exercise on Shabbos, they would love to hear my music on the treadmill. But because it says to not play on Shabbos and Yom Tif, they respect that wish. So that's how they keep Shabbos, you know? Wow. wow. But um, that was the first instruction that Trevor gave me. Since then, every concert, every album, I've kept Trevor up to date. I sent him before and after. And uh, my only request was that I hope this, this causes an achas ruach to the Rebbe. And did, did the Rebbe um, ever respond? Were there any other instructions? Uh, was there a, a correspondence with the Rebbetson? Did, uh, did he ever request for you to, to sing with, to sing for him? Was there any type of that? Well, I remember getting the, my answer on the uh, CD, not to play on Shabbos. You know, that actually made me cry. 
because I thought to myself, look at this. I was a young bacher at the time, 20-year-old kid. And the Rebbe took time to answer, a young bacher is putting out an album. Okay, you know, not the end of the world. The Rebbe took from his time, his busy schedule, to answer me and give me chizuk and give me an instruction. Um, and I thought to myself, perhaps the Rebbe is doing this because I once sang for his mother. Maybe more than once. When I was a little kid, we were neighbors. And uh, I recall, knew exactly when he was coming to visit his mother. And we would stand by the window or I would stand downstairs, 1414 President Street. And Rebbe would walk by and I would sing and he would make with his hand. So we go back a long time. That was my first audience, the Rebbe's mother. And um, she once gave me a quarter. I remember that. And I ran to the store and bought a little water gun. My Rimmler's toy store on Kingston Avenue. Um, maybe that's why Rebbe gave me the time of day, because I once made his mother happy singing for her. And uh, basically, she once told Rabbi Weinberg, the great chassid, that she enjoys so much hearing the freedmen sing uh, the Shabbos Miris and Avremo. I think the... I think the the gist of it was that one day will be something like that. So as you see, this was all already in the, you know, in the books for me. And uh, I never really, I never sang for Rebbe Chaim Mushka, but I was told from those who worked in the house that she would very much enjoy listening to the song Tatanyu. The song that talks about every Jew is loved by Hashem like a like a one and only child. So I had great chusim um, for the Rebbe. I never sang in person. Again, I was told by those who on the inside that when he was not well and in the room, uh, they would play for him some of my songs and he would tap with his finger to, to the rhythm. Wow. Wow. That's, that's so, so special. That's great chusim. That's, that's, that's incredible. On what, what would you say is, and I may be deviating right now, but just as, as a chassid, I know you consider yourself a shleach in your own right. What, is there, is there a, um, a favorite taira or insight that, that you connect with from, with, from the Rebbe that you want to share? Is there something that particular of his way of being or something that he told you or? Positive. Positive. Crazy about positivity. Um, just so a beautiful word in the Sikha that um, Rashi, Rashi says, what if, by Bamakis Bechoyres, what if there was a, a Yid, a Bechoyr, in the house of a Mitzri during Makas Bechoyres? Was he spared? He's in the house of a Mitzri, or any, any Yid, any Yid. If he was in the house of a Mitzri, was he spared? And the Rebbe says, take a look at this beautiful love that Hashem has for every Yid. This Yid knew already nine Makis previous that uh, we're going out of Mitzrayim. Okay? He knew very well what the score is. Nevertheless, during this Makkah, when Hashem said no one should leave their home, this Yid is in a house of a Mitzri. My God, you can't get much lower than that. Hashem is... is is so revealed. You see one mock after the next and things are happening and there's this energy and there's this momentum to, to Geula. Get with the program, man. And this guy's in a mystery's house. Watching the, I don't know, Super Bowl. I don't know what he was watching there, you know. Yeah. What are you doing in a mystery's house? You're leaving Mitzrayim in a few hours. Even there, Hashem watched him. Hashem speared him. Took him out. And the Rebbe says, that's how we have to look at a, look at a Yid. We could be, you know, think we're the highest of the highest, you know, and we're the holiest of the holiest. And a Jew that's down there in a mystery's house, I'm not going to go in there, you know. Positive, positive, love. Um, just the positive, Rebbe had this positive energy that was just so, so amazing. He never gave up that. Even when he kind of said, you know, I've done everything that I can and that's up to you, he still kept, you know, upping the bar and doing amazing things. Never, never, never leaned back, you know? He just kept forging ahead a little more light and a little more light and a little more light. And I think 
it behooves every one of us. We are all carriers of light, each on our own way. And just got to keep fighting and keep climbing and just keep doing that. Otherwise, why is it boring? And what's the point? What are you accomplishing? Yeah. What, what, what would you consider one of your greatest accomplishments? Um, I hope to still be accomplishing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking back. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking forward. God gives me the koyach and, uh, you know, that he sends some good material my way. Mm-hmm. I'll be there. Do you, do you set goals for yourself do you, do you, and have they involved? Do you say, okay, by this coming year or, or in the next five years, do you ha- have such plans of where you want to see yourself? Um, I don't, but over the years, again, with, with you know, heavily inspiration, I, I've demanded of myself to do different colors. Look, I'm in the music business, right? Sure. But I kind of want to bring different colors to the table. So after about... I don't know, 10 or 12 CDs with one genre of music, you know, the Hasidic pop of today, so to speak. I had this inspiration. Let me go back. I said, you know what? Let me now bring people music that I want them to hear, you know, things that I love. And um, I took a chance with taking old recordings of Rabbi Yavtov Erlich in Yiddish, songs that I love and still love to this very day that shaped my childhood, listening to him with his out-of-tune accordion and his out-of-tune whatever he played there. But he gripped me. He, 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 I was in awe. I was, you know, dazzled by his magic of describing a mitzvah, describing a tzaddik, describing a, a Shabbos. I said, let me try to do his stuff and bring it back. And I did two CDs of Yiddish gems, as we called it then. Oh, those are hits. I'm very proud of those CDs, very proud. Then went back to a few more regular Hasidic CDs. And then I had this inspiration. Okay, it's time to do Chabad Nigunim. My, you know, what I grew up with. And um, so far I've done four of those, Baruch Hashem. And would you know it? People loved it, loved it, loved it. Some people told me, ah, Chabad Nigunim, it's all Hasidish. You know, half of your crowd are not Hasidish. Everyone loves Chabad Nigunim, everyone. And today everyone is singing Chabad songs at every wedding. Wherever you are, you'll hear Chabad Nigunim. And uh, I'm very proud of that set. So I'd like to keep, you know, doing different colors. And I, I'd like to do an English version, perhaps, of Yiddish Gems for the, for the young generation. I think they would love it. Mm-hmm. So I still have some things in the, in the oven cooking. That's, 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 that's amazing. That's truly amazing. And I'm sure how like surprised, like even earlier on, like you said, with the Rebbe putting on the message of don't play in Yontif and, and Shabbos, Shabbos and Yontif, and to see how, how popular you are, not just in within, like within the Orthodox firm community, but throughout. I mean, you're as, as from my understanding, as big as you are here in the U S you're even well, more well-known in Israel amongst all different communities out there. How, and how amazing that's, that's spread. So, that's actually that's actually pretty mind-boggling because I'm much busier in Eretz Yisrael than I am anywhere else. And just think about it, Mayor. For an American boy who, whose Ivrit is not exactly Ivrit-sounding, it still has a little, you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for an American to fake Ivrit and really get away with it. Mm-hmm. And yet, it doesn't bother them. They love it, and we, we pack up the biggest halls, and, and wow. it's, just, it's, just, it's just a dream. Is there an artist? Is there an artist that you would love to collab with? Um, not really. Not really. Not, not because I, you know, sure. there's, there's so many people out there. It's just hard to, you know, how to pick a a certain individual. I'm in Eretz Yisrael. I pretty much performed and hosted almost every popular singer in Eretz Yisrael, from and from and not from, who for some reason find it an honor to sing with me and they agreed to, they agreed to it. Um, that's been a big Kiddush Hashem, a big, a great bridge to bring people together and unite them through, through song. Um, one particular person. It does talking about Israel. I did uh, hear the rumor. You could perhaps tell me if it's true, myth busted or not, that you were, you were offered quite a sum of money to be the face of visa in Israel. Uh, visa. I'm not sure if it was a visa. 
I remember a few call a few years ago. I got a call to do a thing for El Al, uh-huh. and uh, I already had I already had the line. I came up with a line for them: Shir Chadash Bashamayim. You know, and uh, I was going to be the spokesperson for El Al, but then after uh, consulting with my uh, very uh, dear family, um, we concluded that my job is to inspire people through song, not to advertise. Um, products or things like that. And that's it. So I turned it down. Wow. Wow. That's so, that's pretty, that's pretty big. I'm sure some people are like cringing, like what? I mean, there's perhaps in a way there it's for, for people to see from, you know, like yourself as a face. Oh, I had, I had, I had all the, I was arguing. What do you mean? Yeah. You can be such a kid as Hashem and Elal is a Jewish company. And why not? It's the Israeli company. It's Parnassah for Eden. You know, I had all the right arguments. And they said, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel right. It's not your job. That's not your shlichus in this world. Wow. And I acquiesced and I said, you're probably right. That's See really that? Nice. Always, always trust your family. <laughs> I wonder if family means wife or does it mean brothers? Because uh, your, your family is quite large and quite talented as well. I wonder what is in the Freeman diet. Wife. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Got yep. it. Wow. Wow. That's so special. You get focused. Mm. Stays grounded. That's, that's, how, that's like really clear, concise branding like or, or mission statement. You, you know what? There wasn't even a moment's hesitation. Huh. Not a moment's hesitation. There have been other, uh, other um, companies who have reached out to me for certain, you know, advertising. Uh, so I'm sorry. I don't do that. Sorry. But if you have a good safer or a good, you know, something spiritual or something, you know, that, that, that I'll do. That talks to you. That's good to know. Okay. The, um, there's a few more questions before we start wrapping this up and there's, there's so much to, to unpack here, but um, I am curious. You did mention your wife. I'm going back in days. You were this young single guy and you're, you're breaking into an industry which hardly doesn't exist. It's unknown. Um, how do you, what do you go about your, what, what was your dating life like? What, what do you go about saying on a date? And uh, was it difficult? Was it difficult to, I mean, here I am. Tell me, tell me what you did. Here I am. I'm a creative. I'm creative. I'm 31 years old. What'd you do, Remel? Um, I didn't do anything. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But then again, I, I, um, I don't recall anybody that I you know, went out with saying, whoa, this is, this is free. You know, this is, you know, I think back then we had the Rebbe. We were focused on what, what was important. Yeah, everyone likes, you know, to have um, uh, someone that they enjoy singing and, and uh, entertaining, if you will, and inspiring them or making them, you know, uh, happy. But we, we knew the score. You know, it was the Rebbe. He was the inspiration. And he was the goal. And we were focused on what our goal was. And so I don't really recall anybody, you know, halishing, uh, you know, this is this is the singer and blah blah blah. Um, so that wasn't really much of an issue. I don't recall ever, you know, going out with any any person. They were like so annoyed they couldn't, you know, they, you know, they couldn't put words together, or they were spilling the water, or you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it was like it, it, it wasn't even an issue. And you weren't, were you already well known enough that you weren't like the understanding that people perhaps were after you? Like, oh, this is a Vermal Free, like getting in your own head about are they here because of me or because, you know, of, of who I am? I, I was very well known. It was already many years into, since I started singing. But uh, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't La La Land. Mm-hmm. It was, it was real. It was real. Beautiful. And um, if I may ask, I remember that. Uh, go ahead. I was going to ask if I may ask what what was it about your your current your wife that uh, that hopped you? She wasn't a fan at all. <laughs> ah, okay. She wasn't a fan at all. She was um, she was working. She was busy with other things. I don't think she was very very much involved in the Jewish, uh, you know, um, whatever was around back then. Um, I remember being 
happily uh, surprised when during one of our meetings, I mentioned a certain chazan that I enjoy listening to. And she said, you mean Label the Waldman? I said, you know Label the Waldman? And I started singing a song that I love of his. And she says, I know that song. I said, <laughs> that's it. That's it. If you know that song, Label the Waldman, we have something in common. Wow. Okay. Wow. Beautiful. Do you think you'd support your, if you had children or grandchildren with, with what's going on in the, in the music industry and the challenges that come along with it? Is that something that you would support when it comes to pursuing those dreams today? Um, people ask me, are, are your kids going into the singing business or do they sing? Can they sing? Yes, my family, when they sing, it's beautiful. I, I, I shep not just to them sing. It's beautiful. They're all very talented and gifted. Um, but I don't wish it upon them, my sons, to become singers. They don't even want it. There's, you know, it's not, not easy. Um, they're looking for shlichus, Baruch Hashem, in the uh, actual sense of the word, in the simple sense of the word. And uh, they're leaving all the running around to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, again, it's something that I think is, it, it was given to me on a silver platter. Hashem was guiding us all the way. Uh, but would I encourage this uh, for my kids or grandchildren? No. Unless they really have a great gift and a passion for it, then I would encourage it. But just, you know, for the... Uh, and, and between me and you, many of the young, young singers out there today, if it's not a real, real passion, you know, there are so many talented people who can sing today. Uh, you go to a, to a Hasidic Shishul, anybody is a great menagin. They all dive into the Yomad beautifully. Oops, did I lose you? They can all dive into the Yomad beautifully and they're great, they're great talented, you know, singers. But if this is your calling and you have this deep, deep passion, if this is what you want to do, then by all means, you know, go for it and Hashem will, will, will guide you and bless you. But just stump to be a singer, you know, won't, it won't last too long. It just won't last. You you mentioned what are the, what are there some of those challenges? Is it is it just the traveling, being away from family? Is there something more to that? It's traveling. It's um, um, yeah, being away from family. A lot of uh, a lot of time on your hands. You know, when when you're traveling, you have to, you have to be focused. You have to be focused. Uh, keep yourself busy. And uh, not to use it as an excuse. Oh, I'm too busy to open the safer or, or uh, to go to go do this or to go to that. And um, it, it's just you bring upon yourself more unexpected challenges than than the regular guy mm. who has a nine to five job. What's something people don't know about you, Alvin Free? If they, what's something that you can share that from from the get go, people was like, what? Oh, I didn't know that about him. I'm shy. <laughs> um, which is really the, the, the axiomara of this whole thing. Because back in the day when I changed my name to Freed, I thought to myself, you know what? I'm only going to do albums. No one will know who I am. Before cell phones, I'll change my name. I just want to bring out good music to uplift and inspire and make Eden happy. And that's it. No, no, one, no one has to know. And when, when the first call came in to do a concert, I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to go on the stage in front of people? I'm afraid of singing in front of one person. And, and you know, in the, I'm gonna sing. you got to be kidding. And I turned down many, perform, you know, many requests in the beginning. But the phone kept ringing. I said, you know what? I, I can't keep denying this. I can't keep avoiding this or burying this. And, and here we are. How did you overcome that? Was, did you take some sort of class, a course? Uh, how do you step I'm, in? I'm, I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> do you still get nervous before you go on stage? Absolutely. Are you kidding? Really? Absolutely. If the day comes that I'm not nervous before a performance, that means that I've lost the fire. Yeah. Huh. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm nervous. You know, before a date, you're nervous. Right. It's okay. That's healthy. That means you're alive. That's good. That's good. Scared is something else. Scared kind of, you know, ties your hands and, and that's not good. You get dry in the mouth and uh, 
you know, you know, you get you get stuck and you get frozen. Scared is not good. I'm not scared, thank God, but nervous, absolutely, absolutely. And um, once you come out, and the sound is good, and the crowd is good, and you're singing and you're flying and you're climbing, that's, that makes it all worthwhile because. Very special things happen when you're in front of an audience and everything is clicking, you know. It works both ways. Sometimes, you know, I remember singing at, at a concert. I was just, I don't know, it was not happening. Yeah. I wasn't connecting to the crowd. And then walking down the stage, I almost I twisted my ankle. I misstepped on the step. I said, oh, my God, this is one of those nights, you know, for the books. Oh, yeah. Didn't happen. Bomb, you know, just bomb. And twisted my ankle on top of it. But then when you have, the same thing as in the studio, Sometimes you go into the studio, you sing into four walls and, you know, go be inspired, g- g- gazing, you know, yeah. it doesn't always happen. And you go home disappointed. You tried, you vocalized, you psyched yourself up, didn't go. But sometimes you come into that studio, you sing into a microphone and someone's sitting there and pushing a button, but you're connecting with the lyric. If it's a sad song or a, a soulful song, you, you're, you're transported to a different world. You're, you're out of body experience. It's, it's incredible. And then when I listen back and I say, that's me. That, that's good stuff. How did that come out of me? You know, and how did that happen? Mm. And suddenly you got a concert when the crowd is with you and they give you the, 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 the wind beneath your wings to fly and you're going for those notes and you're, it's incredible. It's an incredible experience. Wow. Wow. How have you, um, before we, our last question, how have you transformed from the album free that you were, the person that you were 40 something years ago on this and now through this journey to where you are today? Um, transformed or transforming. Um, okay. Again, I, I, I try to stay true to, um, you know, I'll get certain demos from singers that too much out of my box too too modern sounding for me, you know, too kitschy or too catchy or too, um, and, and I try to be careful not to go out of the, the box that I've made for myself, the red line. I have to have some kind of a Yiddish tom, something, something. Um, so I try to stay, stay true to that. Again, I'm just trying to look for good material, good stuff that uh, will keep people um, hopeful and inspired and happy. Bottom line, you know, Hashem, yes. let's make, let's be partners. Let's make Eden happy. Amen. And um, that's, that's, that's the goal, Mayor. You're, you're, we're, we're in the same boat, you know. We have a supposed to make people happy. You've done, you've done incredible things. And um, we have to thank God for giving us the seichel and the will to do good things. And that to be matzliach in doing those good things is the cherry on, you know, Topping on the cake. True. Is it, so does, just, does it come down to luck or hard work, you think? It comes down to um, being thankful for the brachas that you have, and he gives it in a greater, greater portion, greater measure. Very simple. Ask, and when you get it, be thankful. Don't stop thanking, and you'll get more. And then it's a wonderful partnership. He gives, and you say thanks. Done deal. Wonderful. Uh, Remember, last question for the Great Day Podcast. What is a great day for you? Huh. Same that it is for every, every human being. Being able to, uh, to contribute. Being able to be relevant. To, uh, to add a light to this world. And um, be humbled by it. And be honored by it. Wonderful. Beautiful. And that's the whole story, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Avram Fried, for taking the time today to, uh, yeah, to share, to inspire, and to, uh, to continue to inspire. You shall have all that you do. And, uh, and for those who want to connect with Avram Fried, we'll have the links in the description below. Is there any spaces that you want to share that to look out for? Anything you're excited about you want to share now with the audience? That's fine. That they, you know, whatever, whatever you'll give them, she'll be fine. Avram Frieda, Gmail, email is fine. Beautiful. I do have, I think I do have Instagram, I think, and uh, Facebook, all those, all those stuff. All the fun things. All right. All the fun things. Mayor, thank you. I I give you a bracha. 
Chazak v'nis Chazek, keep doing your good work with new energy, if that's possible by you. But <laughs> <laughs> your energy is, you know, over the top, and uh, don't lose that. Keep 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 going stronger and stronger, and uh, let's use our God-given talents to uh, contribute and bring light and. L'chaim, thanks for the effort. I enjoyed it. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you so much. And a big, big thank you to Prime Nash, the USDA meat processing facility that delivers straight to your door. Fresh frozen meats, chickens, salads, the works, pre-marinated items ready to go. All Glock kosher. Order it today and it'll be by your door tomorrow. Nationwide. PrimeNash.com. PrimeNash.com. Thank you. And of course, SayMazeltov.com. If you want to order a personalized video message for your loved ones, they're celebrating perhaps a birthday, an anniversary, a bar bat mitzvah. You want to inspire them through, we have many thought leaders, singers, influencers, all different types of Jewish creators are can be found at SayMazeltov.com. Check them out. A percentage of every booking goes to a charity. Every month there's a new tzedakah and a percentage of every transaction goes to support that tzedakah, that charity. So check out samemazelman.com to celebrate in a very unique and personalized way your next upcoming tzedakah. So, friends, as you know, every single Monday we release a new episode. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe, share the podcast, share this episode if you found any value in it. And I do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for tuning in and supporting. It goes a long, long way. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, like I always say, stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great day.